Welcome, everyone, to the Indie Reds podcast. This is Brian Smith, again, wearing the captain's R-band and filling in as host tonight for the usual Joe Dilling. Joe decided to enjoy the international break by leaving the country with the family. So you probably heard about the rumors and the online polls about his possible impeachment. You know, that may or may not have been exaggerated. I can't really say. And uh, I may or may not have changed all the passwords to all these accounts, and we may never hear from him ever again. We really don't know. Uh, he might have figured out the garage door code that I changed on his house, but uh, we'll <laughs> we'll figure all that out later. Uh, but you know, just like in the real world, when uh, these things happen, sometimes the lawyer in the group is the one that's in trouble. So there's no Jim tonight. We've uh, kicked him off for the evening. Either that, or he might be busy with some things at, at work. So uh, no Jim tonight. But we do have Joe on the pod. So welcome, my friend. Welcome home. It's good to have you back. All this uh, impeachment nonsense, I guess. Uh, you made it through all that, so congratulations. <laughs> it's good to have you back. What's going on tonight, buddy? Hey, man. I'm just, uh, just uh, keeping one eye on the U.S. men's national team in this worthless League of Nations match against uh, Canada and uh, talking to my friend about the Mighty Mighty Reds. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Uh, also decided to melt my brain a little bit, Brian. <clears throat> ah, good. That's always good to... Uh, to melt the brain. So, yeah, we, you know, we're recording this in the middle of a USA uh, Canada match. So, one of the biggest uh, borders in the world and a massive, massive game with so much on the line. Uh, just, hey, it's a huge game. The winner of this gets, I don't know, something, uh, some syrup or something. I don't even know. <laughs> some syrup. But, uh, <laughs> Games played in Canada and, uh, in, but it, but it's in uh, Ontario. I, I usually tend to think of uh, maple syrup being uh, more Quebec, but you know who know who, what am I to say? I've actually, you know, I don't think I've ever been to Canada. I've seen Canada <laughs> across the Detroit River, but I don't think I've ever been to Canada. I've been to Niagara Falls. The Canadian side is is the way to go. Much better syrup there <laughs> than on the American side. And poutine and. Uh, Yes, we really could use Jim. He knows all about Quebec, and and uh, yeah, I can do the hockey thing. But uh, yep, no, no Jim tonight. You know, you have to let the lawyer off the hook every once in a while. So yeah, it, it, um, this is not some lame excuse like Dungeons and Dragons, right? <laughs> oh man, that's harsh. That is harsh. You know, maybe he's at the USA game. Let's look for him in, in the in, Toronto. in the front row. There There's yeah, exactly. So I'm actually drinking a beer that Jim gave me tonight. Uh, Hoof-hearted brewing. So say that real fast if you want to have some fun or or make your uh, your significant other at an Indy 11 tailgate who's never seen this brewery, brewery before. Hold the can and say the, the brewery real fast. I did that to Jen at the, <laughs> in the South Lot not long ago. This beer is called Thanks for Letting Us Play Tonight. It's a <laughs> terrific uh, double dry hopped India Pale Ale. Great looking can. So look that up. Uh, thanks for letting us play tonight, and uh, thank you for the for the beer tonight, Jim. Appreciate it very much. So, um, yeah, we're, let's get into this. It's just going to be Joe and myself tonight. So, uh, let's do it because there's a lot to talk about. We haven't potted, you know, a couple weeks because, uh, you know, Joe, you've been on a big boat and you were out of the country and all kinds of stuff, right? Oh yeah, man, I was on a. Sh- yeah, I, it's a ship, not a boat. Boats are smaller. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I so you were shipping. I was you were shipping I, on the, yeah, the ocean. I was being shipped on a ship. Yeah, <laughs> all over the Bahamas. Well, good. <laughs> something like that. So good. Well, hopefully you found a, a couple of players that can help improve the U.S. national team because we can sure <laughs> we can sure use it. But uh, enough about enough about the USA. Here's what we're going to talk about tonight on the pod. 
Uh, first on a one in a while, so we're going to go back and, and briefly touch on uh, you know the Champions League returning to Anfield uh, for the first time since the four near four excuse me four nil miracle against Barcelona. Very interesting match. We're going to touch on that briefly. A big Premier League match against Leicester at Anfield came after that. Uh, some interesting results around the league. We're going to kind of talk about the Premier League in general real briefly. I know I sure did not predict what the table was going to look like heading into the national break. I don't think anybody did. So all kinds of stuff happening over in England. And then a little bit next, uh, you know, what's next for the Reds? There's kind of a medium-sized to large-sized game coming up here, looming in the immediate future. So we're going to touch on that as well. So those are the four things on the agenda tonight. Let's get right into it. First uh, match we're going to talk about is Champions League match versus Red Bull Salzburg at Anfield. And if you listen to our Champions League preview pod, we talked about Salzburg. You know, not they, they kind of dominate their league in Austria. We didn't really think a whole lot about them. Kind of picked them to finish second in the group uh, behind us in Napoli. So, you know, again, we score four and win the game, but not before an aggressive and v- frankly very opportunistic Austrian team. You know, caused a few heart rates to increase for Reds around the world. I know mine sure as hell did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, in the first half. You know, we just kind of came out flying. Goals by Mane and a goal by Rabo has only second one, I believe, ever in LFC shirt, and one by Salah give the Reds a you know three 0 lead after a half an hour. But right before halftime, uh, they got a Korean player, Huang. I think we mentioned him in the the preview as well. Kind of spins Virgil into the ground, and better than anybody I've seen do to him in, in uh, him in a red shirt. I mean, that was ridiculous. Gets one back before halftime. And uh, they get two goals in four minutes early in the second half and level things at three. So uh, it, this was just a crazy game. It's it's 3-3. Three, three. I, I had a really kind of interesting experience. This was kind of a throwback for me. I followed the first half on Twitter and other kind of text-based updates and jumping online for a second and grabbing a score You know, during a meeting I was actually in charge of. So I managed to pull that off um, and watch part of the second half via stream. And that stream hasn't landed me in trouble with the ID department at work at all, <laughs> at least at least not yet. Uh, and I listened to the ending stages um, using the official LFC audio, which I know you're a big fan of, Joe. That yep. that L- official LFC audio, you know, John Aldridge and uh, um, gosh, the other guy's name is Space. And Space is his name. Steve is it? Steve? Yeah, it's Steve something. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. Steve something and uh, John Aldridge. So that's free LFC audio if, if you didn't know that. Um, a real throwback experience for me. It kind of reminded me of the days following Liverpool when I was in college years and years ago in libraries just to look at things on the internet using like a home dial up, you know, to try to find some audio somewhere or get, you know, minute by minute updates were, you know, sometimes the, the best thing you could get, you know, waiting for a text every 60 seconds. So <laughs> I, I followed this match like via four different ways and, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. So before we kind of get to the, you know, can kind of conclusion of the match here, or you know, talk about the outcome. Joe, did you get to? I'm trying to remember your your calendar. Were you? Did you get to experience this at all? Or were you just kind of catching up on it after you got back? No, you know, man, off it was the, off the canoe or what happened? <laughs> no, it was it was was Tuesday or Wednesday before we left for vacation. Um, okay, that's what I, I thought. I uh, I was listening on LC Audio. I I I have not gone and paid for the Bleacher Report um, streaming uh, uh, service. Just I'm cheap. Let's just put it that way. Um, so 
I, I was listening to the audio that you mentioned. And it's also great because I can turn off the Wi-Fi since we, not to brag, but we went to unlimited data. So I can walk down to the bus stop and still have the game on when I'm picking up the kids off the bus. Um, but, um, it, you know, it, it, it was one of those it, it was one of those games. I mean, I, it, I'm just surprised. You know, we're up 3-0. I'm feeling real good. Um, that, but it did kind of feel like that first goal was coming. Uh, you know, we're looking back at it, and they they were attacking pretty well, and and watching back on a replay again, it just seemed like our defense, at least on the first goal, and we'll talk about the other ones. I think, we, well, we might as well talk about the other ones as well. It, they just seemed like they're having an off night, and I don't know if it was just Virgil's get was getting used to playing with Joel Matip, um, Joel Joel Gomez hadn't. Hadn't played with Virgil in like starting lineup in, with Virgil, and uh, I don't know if he'd play with Adrian at all. I mean, they would have practiced, but the communication just seemed off. Um, it, it was it was kind of frustrating uh, because it, going back and watching all three goals, it, Virgil had a bad night. Let's just be honest. He 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 nine ninety nine out of a hundred times Wang doesn't break free, doesn't spin him, um, and and have a nice comfortable goal. Virgil locks him down. Um, also on the third goal, I'm trying to remember the second one, but on the third goal, um, the, it was that, that classic where the, the keeper splits the, or the, excuse me, the player splits the defender. Um, and wait, no, hold on. No, I pause. The third one was a tap in from Holland, and but there was one where Vert. It was a Morimoto. Yeah, it, no, no, yeah, no. It was, I'm thinking the third one. Third one, Virgil's right there. He just his boots just off like a millimeter. He he seriously, the guy puts it right past Virgil's boot on the underside, so it's almost like a mag. And and Gomez and and Adrian, it, it should have been routine clearance for him. I mean, Gomez has his his front to goal, so if he if he takes the if he takes any touch, it could end up being an own goal. And Adrian just or Adrian just kind of looks like he kind of half hearts it. I think it was just a miscommunication between those two, or understanding between those two to, to just to let the ball trickle through and find uh, Holland. But you know, yeah, that that it, was the equalizer. That, that cross actually went through Virgil's legs. Yeah, it did. It um, did but I, I, barely. I mean, I'm calling that between his legs. I mean, I know he had his left boot up in the air, so but his the inside of his left boot. Or even the heel, you know, wasn't anywhere near blocking that ball. If his foot was lower, I think he gets nutmeg, you know, clear nutmeg. So the, the second one was a good ball across and, and a, a good finish back to the near post. The guy didn't strike it real sweetly, but, you know, hit it hard enough to beat Bede Adrian and into the side. Not quite in the side, not even in the corner, but, you know, it's 3 3 at this point. And I heard that goal via audio. And, I, I, you know, at first I was like, holy shit, they equalized and, you know, they came bang, bang, right in succession. And I freaked out for about a minute thinking, you know, what the hell happens here? We lose this. We've already, you know, lost in Napoli and, mm-hmm. you know, starting to think about the next couple of games. And, you know, I didn't go to the point where I looked up, you know, what was next and was freaking out about it. I was after about a minute, I was kind of strangely calm thinking, OK, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get a winner here, maybe a couple goals and, you know, see this out because we still had some key players on the field and Klopp had some subs in his back pocket. And, you know, guys like Kate ended up on the field, you know, et cetera. What, what were you thinking at three, three? I was like, I was with you, Brian. I was like, holy shit, we can't, we can't mess this up. How are we, we look at our unbeaten run at home. This is ridiculous. What's going on? And 
it kind of goes to a bigger picture, and we might talk about it a little bit more with Lester, but there we our guys get good chances. It's just we're not finishing at times, and I just have a feeling that it's going to come back and bite us in the ass at some point. Um, you know, I you know the number of times where we miss just wide or or um, the ball takes a weird bounce and they and and they scoff it or or whatever. You know, it, you see, we get these great opportunities and we're just not finishing. And I'm and it might just be because we're used to seeing these great finishes or these guys pull these finishes off. But I mean, it, it's one of those things where, you know, we give up these opportunities and we're going to end up, if we don't capitalize on them at some point in time, it's going to come back and bite us in the butt and we're going to lose a match, um, an important match. I think that was kind of the case against Napoli. We had our chances, but let's go back. I mean, Koulibaly was playing out of his mind, um, to stop Mosala a lot of times, but it just, we're, our, our, our finishing just kind of seems to be missing at times. But I mean, I just, but watching back in the first half, the guys were, they weren't even really celebrating that extensively. It was just kind of like, all right, this is routine. We're just getting it done to get it done. And I almost wonder if they maybe came in, um, end of the second half, excuse me, end of the first half, a little too cocky. Um, thinking the game was in the bag, you know, we're up three Oh, um, before Hoang steals that one back and it wasn't a wake up call to him. And they end up getting two more, and then they get the wake up call, and then they're starting to play again. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, I think you're right on. I mean, I, first of all, I agreed with you that Virgil did not have a good game. He, he made some mistakes, and I, I didn't really, you know, give you the credit that that deserved because you're right about that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's not like these matches where we are creating more chances and more possession and more shots and this, that, and the other. It's not like these goalkeepers are having unbelievable games, and you know, just pulling balls out of the upper 90 and tipping them over and, you know, getting fingertips onto balls and putting them onto the post or onto the bar. You know, we're, we're missing the target. We're, you know, scuffing shots and we're you know, right trying an extra goalkeeper. pass. <laughs> yeah, right at the goalkeeper. We've done that a lot. We did a little bit against Leicester as well. Yep. Yeah, I'd, I'd be much happier. It kind of sounds strange because we're, you know, in good shape in the Champions League group and we're a perfect record in the Premier League. But I'd be much happier if if we were doing this even if the scores were exactly the same and, you know, each goaltender has made, you know, two or three terrific saves against the store or even just, you know, maybe two or three solid saves, um, you know, that isn't happening. We're, we're winning games and, and that's fine, but um, you might be right. It might come back and bite us. I, I hope not. I hope, I, I think it's just as likely to, for it to come back and bite us and maybe we get a draw or, we, you know, we lose a match. I think that's just as likely as us just turning it on with all kinds of style and just hammering somebody you know, five, one or something like that. I mean, I, I think that's possible as well. So let's, let's hope for the rat ladder rather than the former, huh? Yes, exactly. I, I am hoping for that and I'm hoping it starts this weekend, but we'll get to that. <laughs> there you go. Well, at three, three and, and, and hearts racing around the world, at least those uh, Liverpool supporters hearts, you know, we get the, the winning goal in the 69th minute, really a terrific interception by Fabinho stepping up, winning a ball, and I mean, kind of puts it in the air. It gets it forward into a dangerous area. Terrific little cushion header by Fabinho, or I'm um, sorry, by Bobby. Um, heads it down and, and into Salas' pass, who was calm and kind of waited for that ball to drop and just volleyed it you know, right past our goalkeeper. No chance, and, and we win the game 4-3. So, you know, three points for us. It wasn't the most conventional win, and, and uh, another four-goal 
performance at, at home in the Champions League. Very different than the match we played against Barcelona, obviously. But, uh, you know, three points. And turns out that Napoli drew nil-nil against uh, Genk in Belgium. Um, so they're still top of the group on four points. But we're right there behind them with three points. And anybody that goes to, to Genk and, and gets a draw is really dropping points for sure. Uh, I don't think we're going to do that. I don't even think Salzburg's going to do that. So I saw Napoli had something like 60-some-odd percent possession and still ended up a nil-nil. So even though we're in second place, I think we're in control of this group and uh, heading into the next round of games. Heck, those are you know pretty far down the road. And there's lots of uh, other important games in between in between now and then for sure. So, uh, Joe, anything to, to wrap up the Salzburg match? Or are we good? Um I heard people talking about Jesse Marsh's uh, halftime speech. It came out. Klopp was kind of like, hey, I would never make that kind of speech or something about it wouldn't happen at Liverpool Football Club. Um, and and it was it was brought up, for instance, on the Grant Wall podcast um, with, with Etchkarai, and they're saying, oh, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. Well, most of it's in German, broken German, um, and there's a lot of F-bombs in there. It sounded like the end of one of our podcasts that we did. Um and and so maybe I just didn't understand what he was saying for most of it. But I was like, you know, we just need to – this game is ours. Don't give up kind of thing. Um, but I didn't find it too super motivational or anything like that. Um, but I do want to give credit to Jesse Marsh. Uh, he's the first American coach to coach in the Champions League. Um, great – at least the knockout rounds of the Champions League. So that that's a great stat to have. Um he has that Salzburg team playing pretty well. Uh, they're they're running away with the with the um, Austrian Bundesliga, and uh, and heck, they, I I think they're going to have Napoli to run for their money. Um, Kulabali is going to have to have another worldie to keep uh, to keep that attack uh, under wraps. So I mean, we'll see. We'll see how. They, I honestly, Brian, they, if Liverpool comes through and they win the rest of the way like they should, um, I don't see how how Salzburg doesn't. <laughs> Uh, beat Napoli to second. That'd be great. I, this is going to come down to uh, how we play against Napoli at Anfield, and it's going to come down to Salzburg's two matches against Napoli. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. It, 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 they beat Gank and and uh, lost to us. So Red Bull did. So, yeah, they've got some good players. I, I thought I, I liked the speech, the Jesse Marsh speech. I know we're kind of stuck on the Salzburg game, but. Um, you know, I know Klopp had said that if Liverpool had recorded that and kind of published it, you know, that would really upset him. I think he said he would like just walk out and leave. You know, that's not his style. I I don't believe that he's never given speeches that were trying to accomplish what Marsh was trying to accomplish and, you know, get his players I, to get back I in the game, motivated, etc. I might have misread that, by the way. Go ahead. Well, and, and you know, I might be – he might have said something similar and I might be misinterpreting it or – you know, who knows? It could have been lost in translation or something, much like March's speech was. So, um, you know, the the result of how they played at the beginning of the second half, you know, indicate that that um, you know perhaps his speech had some effect. Um, if not, it had a huge effect. So it's it's probably somewhere in the middle. Like anything that coaches and managers do, when teams play well, they tend to get too much um, blame. When when I'm sorry, when, when it doesn't go well, they get too much blame. When they play well, they get too much credit. It's almost always somewhere in the middle. So is a guy that's coached a couple different sports with my, you know, it's just kid level and, and some travel stuff. You know, that that's about it for me. But, uh, 
yeah, you know, we, we get the win and we get three points and we're back in control of the group. So, yeah. All right. Next next match for the Reds was a, a big, big Premier League match against the third place Foxes from Leicester. They visit Anfield for match week eight. And, you know, first thing that we all noticed was the the starting lineup. Now, I, I hear about it on the way to Union Jack. I was fortunate enough to watch the to match or watch the match there with all the other Indy Reds. Dejan Lovren makes his first start in the Premier League this year in the back four next to, to uh, Virgil. And uh, Milner starts in the midfield as captain, joining Genie and the ever-present Brazilian Fabinho. And Keita and Harvey Elliott make, Elliott make the bench, which is really good to see. So, you know, Joe, go back to when you first saw the lineup. What was your first thought when you – when you saw that Lovren was in there, and um, and I'll give you some thoughts on what was going on at UJ once everybody found out. It's a 10 o'clock game, right? Sure, yeah. I'm trying to remember so. what time kickoff was because we we had uh, – a few, few days ago, so yeah, yeah, let's go with 10. It was a morning game, yeah. So just to run it back a little bit, uh, we were on our way to Atlanta, um, and we left super early in the morning, and uh, and so at some point I, I checked my phone. I don't know if I was driving – or whatever, and saw the lineup, and because I was driving, <laughs> it was one of those, okay, that's nice, kind of thing. <laughs> I didn't really pay too much attention, but look, looking back on it, I know how I would have thought. I would have been, I would still would have been, okay, that's the lineup, let's go with it. Let's see where this takes us. Um, I, it, I'm not surprised by Lovren starting, let's put it that way. Uh, Joe, Joe Gomez, was get, got called up to England, so they knew he was going to go be going away with England. I don't know if there was some sort of agreement with Gareth Southgate to limit his minutes because he was going to use them a lot. Because I'll be honest, I don't know if Joe played um, midweek or not, uh, or played the last two games for uh, for England or not. But I think yeah, maybe I've Klopp got that was for saying, you. Keep going. Hang on. Uh, go I th- ahead. I think Klopp was maybe looking at saying, you know, he kind of had didn't have the best of matches against Salzburg. Um, I'll give Dejan the start, or it was something he had agreed, you know, maybe these guys are closer to the same level, and so they're in that shared number three center back spot, so we'll go with one and one and one with the other, and maybe it wasn't uh, performance uh, related at all. So, I mean, it's, it's something along those lines, um, but not really surprised. Um, Klopp probably saw that Virgil had a bad game. Virgil probably felt he had a bad game, was ready to prove himself against Harry Maguire, Excuse me, I digress. Said the wrong name against Ratface Boy, uh, <laughs> Jamie Vardy, <laughs> um, and and uh, um, and who else is on their team? It used to be Drinkwater, but now there's somebody else. But anyway, Matt, Matt, Madison, Madison and Madison up front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and looking to to show that that he's he back from injury, shut them down, and that's what he was looking yeah. for. And um, and yeah, I thought. I I really wasn't surprised. I mean, we we knew everybody knew that Henderson was going to play, and so I don't think he wanted to stretch. He he uh, he played him a lot at home against Salzburg. I I honestly th- knew that he probably knew that Southgate was going to play Henderson at least full ninety in, in one of the two matches, and Jordan can't. Jordan is always an injury risk when he plays two mat two successes two successive matches. Um, at 90 minutes, so I think Klopp kind of had an idea for that, and decide, and that was that was probably the right call because looking back on it, and we'll get to it later, <laughs> but man, James Milner was everywhere. James Milner could have been man of the match, and and like 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 you, maybe he will be, and we're not getting there yet, but we'll talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's it, I had pulled up some data 
today, you know, knowing that we were potting a little bit later than normal after these matches were done in the middle of this, uh, you know, Joe goes on a ship break that we took. <laughs> That's uh, the name of the pod. <laughs> Joe's back from a ship break. <laughs> so Liverpool players in the international break, we'll just throw this in here. I was going to do it at the end, but it applies well to our discussion here. So, and, uh, for, there was basically two matches for, for most teams. Uh, Fabinho only played 10 minutes. Uh, Firmino played 122 over two games with a goal. Mane played 90 minutes, had an assist. Virgil played both matches, 180 minutes. Wijnaldum, 180 minutes, two terrific goals. Rabo 180 minutes, and one of them was a clean sheet. Lavard, 180 minutes, also had a clean sheet. Hendo, 180 minutes, 180 minutes, so two full matches for him. Trent, Gomez, and Divacarigi did not feature at all for their national team, so at least in those first two games. I don't think anybody had three, but this international break seems like it's been a month long, so I don't know. Some of you might have played three or four matches. I, I, you know, I'm kind of being silly here, but um, you know, was I don't know that there's – a whole lot of agreements nowadays between you know club managers and international managers, maybe for you know players that are subs or certainly they'll have discussions. You know, is so and so ready? Is you know a guy like Shakiri? You know, is he ready? Can I call him up? Can I not? You know, there's probably discussions happening with players, you know, and agents and representatives from clubs, etc. I don't know that Klopp would alter his lineup in a in any way in a big league match against a good team like Leicester uh, with an eye on a. Um, you know, an England match, but you know, I, I could be wrong about that, but I sure as hell hope that he wouldn't. In fact, I wouldn't Klopp could be wearing a polka dot shirt and striped pants and neon socks. And I wouldn't want him to talk to, you know, Gareth Southgate and get his opinion on Jack shit. <laughs> but, um, you know, maybe that's just me being a little bit silly, but turns out, um, you know, Trent and, and Joe Gomez didn't play for England at all. And, and Divock didn't play for Belgium. So, at UJ's, you know, back to this lineup, when people that didn't know that Lavern was starting were kind of coming in and grabbing some chairs, and you know, a lot of new people at UJ's again this this time, which was a lot of fun, and and we made room for everybody and had both the upper deck and the lower deck pretty full, lots of people at the bar as well. Lavern starting, that, that kind of be the first thing. Is anybody sitting here? No, you can sit here. Lavern starting, and you know, we, we kind of see reactions on some faces. There was some. Some were kind of ho hum. There was some kind of slow head nodding. There was people pulling out their phones quickly to see if you know they were getting jacked with, you know, by some people playing a prank. But I, I was a little surprised by it just because it's a big game and it was uh, you know, the first start of the year. So you know, it turns out he was involved in a couple of plays. I thought he had a pretty good first half and and you know played you know pretty well. But you know, our lineups are lineup, and and uh, I don't think that Klopp would have started Lovren unless he had to. You know, Gomez didn't play particularly well in the match before that. You know, Matip has been getting beat up a little bit. And, of course, Virgil's going to start every single freaking game that we play, you know, for the next 20 years, I hope. So, mm-hmm. you know, the lineup was the lineup. So I, I tell you one thing I was annoyed about, though, and, and maybe this is just me, just this nonstop stories about Brendan Rodgers returns to Anfield. I felt it was a little bit oh, silly. So I, I, I really got I got tired of it. I don't know if it was just me that was I was just easily annoyed by it. And I don't mind Brendan Rodgers. I, I think the team overachieved based on on the tactics he put out there when he was with us. But you know, we watched some damn fun, some damn exciting games. You know, when he was in charge. But I don't not need to have hear about him coming back to manage the opposition in a match at Anfield. It. What were your thoughts on that? Was I overreacting here, or because I mean, it was just. It was, it was nonstop. Me. I was tired of it. It was nonstop, and you know they, it was probably the headlining story for two, three weeks, uh, with with 
<laughs> with NBC Sports, Sky Sports, probably the same thing, and BBC as well. You know, everyone was talking about it, and I, I really could give two shits. It's like, oh, they didn't make a, this big of a deal when Roy Hodgson first came back to Anfield. Um, maybe because Roy Hodgson didn't have any success. But, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, okay, enough is enough. And I maybe it's because people are starting to think that, that Brendan Rodgers might be a credible big time manager again. Um, he's he's he had to go away to Celtic, and now he's back with Leicester. And actually, I mean, Leicester's I I I have sorry, it's been a while since I've looked at the table. Um, but I mean, is it is it one of those? Are they still top four? Because they were third well, they place. Were, they were third. Yeah, were the third heading into this match, and we won. Everybody else lost, so they must still be third. They must still be third. I mean, heck, th- third, <laughs> I mean, th- th- they're third place. I mean, granted, it's it's October, but yeah, third place is, is for a team that a lot of people had at mid table. Um, not bad. I mean, they haven't. Granted, they haven't been outstanding at all by any means. But I mean, still, only one it, team has. Only one team has, but. Yeah. They they've dropped games here. They've dropped games there. Um, so, but but that's the typical Brendan Rodgers side. Um, I I'll be honest. Listening to the game, I uh, as I was driving, it felt like the typical Brendan Rodgers game when he was coach at Liverpool, where we the, we have a very strong person up front. Uh, for Liverpool, it was Luis Suarez. Um, we had Daniel Sturridge. That was his kind of one-off, but he wasn't the target man. It was always through Sturridge. And we had a good attacking midfielder at that point in time. It was Jordan Henderson. Um, Steven Gerrard was kind of slipping back more into that defensive spot. But it was mostly or defend, Coutinho defend. at times. Or Coutinho, yes, exactly. Or Coutinho at times. And it was defend, 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 and then try to catch up quick on a counter with some good passing. And... And it wasn't the tiki taka that we were promised with, with Brendan Rodgers, and and that's not what they do now. By the way, Arsenal is in third place um, by one point. So uh, they yeah they they won on the weekend. So they they jumped Leicester. Um, they probably cheated. Yeah, probably. Um. <laughs> so what you're saying is it wasn't all just speed players and ball hawks. Is that what you're saying? No, it wasn't. I mean, it was Liverpool was dominating the match. I mean. I think I counted three nutmeg calls in the first 15 minutes of but from Liverpool. I mean, Trent has a great one down on the on the end line. I mean, this Megs a dude runs around him and puts in a brilliant cross that we just don't finish. Uh, no one got yeah, to the Hendo end of. Should, I'm sorry, that was Milner. Milner yeah. should have finished that. Yeah, All right. Trent was Trent was playing great um, offensive. Uh, yeah, offensive football. Um, I need to go back and, and watch again to get a better idea about him defensively, but I, I think he, he played well defensively as well. Um, I don't know what he has to do to get a game for England, by the way. Um, just <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> he, uh, we all think he's better than Karrion Trippier, but Karrion Trippier is going to get the start because why? I don't know. Anyway, maybe I'm getting a little too well, into my drinks. I, I, I think I think Trent was certainly good enough defensively against Leicester. I don't remember any particular instances of him, um, you know, being out of position or getting beat. You know, and everybody's going to get beat here and there. Um, but I don't remember him playing poorly at all. I, but Madison was playing on uh, Rabo's side, you know, Leicester's right and, and our left. So, um, you know, Trent didn't have to deal with him much at all. And then Jose Perez, who we'll talk about 
in a bit, um, you know, was on the right hand side there, along with Madison, you know, going up against Rabo and the left side of the midfield there. So, you know, Trent's certainly been good enough down this side. You know, a couple teams have tried to attack down that side. Lester really didn't, as you said. It's not kind of Roger style. And, and you're right, we dominated the first half, really dominated most of the game, and created far more chances. You know, asked more of their goaltender than what they asked of ours. Really, we asked more of of their goalkeeper in the first half than they asked of Adrian the whole game. Yeah, and Casper Schmeichel you know, really isn't um, a bad goalkeeper. I'm not going to say he's, he's up there. He, he's he's a, a he's a good Premier League goalkeeper. I don't know how he stands up in Europe, but he's good to make good saves. I mean, he comes from good pedigree. Let's not let's not lie. I mean, even though his dad play, was Peter Schmeichel or is Peter Schmeichel play of Manchester United fame, um, he's still. He, he's, he comes from good stock. And Peter Schmeichel was a good goalkeeper. I mean, it went from him to Fabian Barthez. But, <laughs> yeah. well, but, Denmark hasn't been good in a long time. Although, I don't know what I'm talking about him for. That's not where he's from. Christian but, Eriksen's from Denmark. Yeah, that, Are you that, sure they're not, they're not Danish? I'm, I'm going to Google it. You keep going with what you're saying. <laughs> Well, what is, you're right that that uh, his dad was an excellent goalkeeper for a long time, and and Casper Schmeichel's good. I mean, he, he's yeah, they're they're Danish. Yeah, you certainly know Allison, but their national team hasn't. I've got a, a good friend of mine, best man at our wedding, spent a, a year in Denmark as a student, and so we'll you know chat about Denmark every once in a while. But you know they haven't done much in a, in a long, long time. So Schmeichel might you know go out and win games for them, and I, we just don't ever hear about it because they're playing against. You know Finland and that kind of stuff. We just don't hear about it. But, uh, but yeah, you know Liverpool. We sneak a goal at the end of the of the first half. I, I want to talk about this goal for a second. It's the 40th minute. You know we we kind of sensed this goal was coming, but it's still nil nil. You know we're playing the ball out of the back, and they're kind of trying to press us a little bit. You know Virgil plays a real simple ball just on the floor up up to Milner and kind of inside our own half. The one touch with a left foot ball out wide to Rabo, and the Milner immediately takes off on like a diagonal run up the left side. You know to the sideline. You know, almost towards the the uh, you know where the midfield stripe meets the far sideline, and Rabo plays it up into into space. Milner makes you know if you kind of stop right there, Leicester's pressing so hard they've got six players on the screen, you know, occupying the space by only four Liverpool players. So they're they're kind of overdoing it a bit, and, and Milner, Milner from there plays one of the passes of the season so far. It's just perfect, left-footed, curling, driven, long ball. Beats a midfielder and two lesser defenders. It puts Mane through on goal. And, you know, trying to describe this thing, I, I came up with this, you know, as calm as an impeachment committee chairperson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that fits anymore. It. There's some new news out yeah, today. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Sadio passes it into the side netting. You know, 50th goal for Liverpool in, in his 100th appearance. And it's 1-0 Liverpool at the break. So, we've kind of talked about the, the first half performance a, a little bit. But, um, we'll talk about... Lovren, you know, Mane was everywhere in the first half. You know, Bobby was wide a little bit. Mo was kind of central there. Any of those topics or anything else on the to wrap up the first half for us? I, I thought we were dominant. It, the, and this, and granted, this is just listening. We had a lot of really good chances again, and this is kind of where my point was stemming um, earlier. Um, we had a lot of really good chances. Bobby puts one, uh, has a great header, but it ends up right at Casper Schmeichel. Um, Mane's goal was fabulous. I mean, well taken. Um Salah has a few chances um, as well, and uh, and doesn't and doesn't convert. Um, you know, it was just one of those. I, I think I'm. It might be mixing up games, but also um, 
Jalen Oldham has a great one from just inside at the top of the box and puts it just wide. I mean, he has Schmeichel beaten um, if he if he squeaks that inside the post. Um, it's just it's one of those we're just not finishing our shots. Who knows? Maybe that changes once we start seeing Nabi Ka- a fit Nabi Kite to come in. Maybe he is the one that gets that ball and instead of when Oldham puts in a great one. But but you and I both saw the 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 goals from uh, from Ginny. <laughs> <laughs> the other day was it yesterday probably for for the Netherlands um he can hit them i just don't know why he does it in the orange instead of the red well he wore orange uh for us as a third shirt a couple oh, of years shit. ago yeah, and, you're right and you know yeah that didn't see him doing much then so i it, it's, and let me take it, it has to be a system thing a tactical thing i mean that's has to two be goals against barcelona coming on as a sub so he has scored for for us at home before, but still, you know Certainly. what I'm saying? You know Certainly. what I'm saying? But I don't ever remember him hitting a screamer like he did for Holland the other day. No. And then that matching two goals. I mean, that, that was now granted he was given a little bit of time and, and he, you know, took it well and, and, you know, hammered it from well outside the box in the upper 90. But, uh, yeah, you're right. We dominated the first half and we go into the, to the dressing room and, you know, with a one nil lead, it could have easily been three nil. I mean, really sure. it easily, easy, three, maybe even four. And that's and that's what you get with against the Brendan Rodgers side. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you know, Klopp screams at the the lads in German. It's recorded, uh, but it hasn't been <laughs> hasn't been released yet. So we'll we're not really sure um, if we'll ever get to see that footage. But certainly, he screamed at him in German and, and said a few bad words. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining. So you know, Lester came out in the second half and was a little bit better, but we were hanging in there. We still have the lead. At the 75th, you know, minute or so, and you know, I'm saying that UJ's and you know Jim's there and a few others at the table I was at. You know, Courtney was sitting by us, and and I'm and uh, needs there. And I'm thinking that this is not going to end up one nil. I'm I'm getting a little bit worried about this, and I, I, you know, I certainly say that sometimes I'm wrong, or I'll say we're going to score and then we don't, you know. <laughs> but I could just, you know, you I'm get by a no feeling, means. I mean, we all do. We're like, yeah. Yeah, there, we there, all do. There's, and I don't, there's goals in this team the second half. You know, I mean, sure. we get that feeling. Absolutely. And I'm not always right. But this one, it turns out that I was. Because, you know, not five minutes after that, Lester starts, you know, turning it on. And, and you know, they get an equalizer. You know, it, it was a, a damn good goal. It was from Madison, you know, coming up the right-hand side. They play a nice ball into Perez and you know, kind of the right center midfield. A, really a brilliant turn. He kind of. You know, show your kids this. He like you show your kids the Milner run I talked about earlier. Just kind of turns and and well, you know, in fact, don't show your kids this because he he drags the ball with the the sole of his boot with the the cleats. And I hate when kids, you know, kind of try to trap the ball by stomping on the top of it and it squirts underneath their boot. I'll see that <laughs> in high school game. Owen never oh, does it because really? well, he oh, did God. he did well he did it once this year and I yell at him from the stands. Um, but <laughs> you know, some of his teammates will do it all the time. And it just drives me nuts. I mean, it, it, but obviously these guys are another level and a brilliant kind of drag and turn at the same time and, and really beats Fabinho with that drag and turn right there and puts Virgil in a tough spot. Madison makes a good run. They play a through ball to him. Lovren comes over, tries to block it. He can't get to it. Adrian gets a, a it's kind of stuck in between a kick save with the right foot and getting his right hand down yeah. fast enough. And he, he kind of really doesn't do either. And, you know, and they equalized 1-1. And, man, Lovren caught a lot of shit for this goal and immediately on social media. And, and even live at UJ's, there are people screaming at him. And, and, and I don't know, I, I kind of went back at him at UJ's. I want to 
those that are listening that were there, I kind of would apologize because I, you know, I, I'm not the um, the most quiet guy in the world, and <laughs> and can sometimes be considered opinionated. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just quickly pointing out that Lavern has nothing to do with this because this through ball goes to Virgil's left and to Rabo's right, so in between our you know left back and our left center back and. It was a perfect ball, perfect weight, and a good spot, and Madison finishes it. Lavern has nothing to do with this at all. But you know, what, what do you think about this goal? What do you think about the heat that Lavern's getting? You know, where did the breakdown happen? It, we, it's one one. It's, issue, it's an issue with zonal marking. Um, you're not man marking, so it's nobody's man. They, it's like it's like well, for those of us that are familiar with basketball, how do you how do you beat a zone? You find the holes in the zone. So you, they find the holes in the zone. They make a run into those holes. The ball's put into that player that's in between two players. So there's that confusion between the two. And maybe it goes back to the fact that the – no, because it was between Robbo and Virgil, and they've been playing together all season. So, you know, and I'm not really going to slight either of those. I, th- I think, like you said, it was a good ball in. Um, the player made the good run and, and did it. Now, I texted you last night after watching it again. I think Fabino could have done better on it. Yes, he got turned by by uh, Perez, but I still think he could have done better. I heard some guys. I, I went back and was listening to some uh, some podcasts from last week <laughs> today. I'm not really prepping for it, but just it, so this might be uh, somebody else's opinion. I just want to clarify there. But they, especially since I was listening, they said that Fabino looked like he was gassed, especially in the second half. Um, I mean, the guy's been playing every single game for us. I mean, well, I mean, granted, he, so maybe that was his second game in, or third game in, uh, in a week and a half because he didn't play uh, against against MK Dons. But I mean, he's still playing a lot. He's given all in training. He's not. He's not been injured. He's playing great. I think he, from from the sounds of it, it looked like he was leggy, and maybe that attributed to him getting turned there because nine times out of ten, he's going to stop that. Um, he's going to break that up, and that's not what we're we're used to seeing. And I don't know if maybe maybe that is what allowed that gap to happen because Virgil's like, oh yeah, Fabino's got this, and and kind of got wrong footed, and then same thing with Rabo, uh, just kind of got wrong footed or or something along those lines. Um, yeah, definitely not Dejan Lovren's fault at all because he he's he he's coming from a far away. And almost makes a play on it. Um, I'd almost say it, it's it was hit very well because it's it's like you said it's at that sweet spot where does the keeper has to make it a, a, spl- a split second decision? Am I going to kick save this or am I going to go down? And he kind of gets stuck in between the two. <laughs> if you look at yeah. it, you know I don't I don't I don't know if Allison Becker saves it. I mean I, I want to say he will because he's Allison Becker and I mean he 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 feeds five thousand people and walks on water, Brian. But um, <laughs> yes, he does, especially with a beard like that. <laughs> but 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 I could still, grow a beard I mean, like that if I went and bought it. <laughs> Mine's all gray. Um, but anyway, I, I yes, just it is. I can confirm that. I just uh, I just conf- I, I just figure you know what it was it was well played. If we're gonna put blame on anybody, which I really don't want to do, because I, I thought it was just because I, I think that diminishes the goal. Um, but I think it goes on Fabino more than anybody. And maybe his legginess. I'm going to put it on Virgil, and just that seems a bit harsh because I think it takes something exceptional for for him to get his left foot onto that pass. He almost has to kind of overplay the the pass there and, and really read the game extremely well and, and 
you know, get there and, and prevent that through ball. We've seen him do it before, though. You know, take a through ball like that and just calmly take it off the inside of his boot, take a couple dribbles, look up, and you know, hit a midfielder with a pass. But I, I, I looking at his reaction, I went back and watched the highlights again today. The way he reacted after that ball went through, just kind of staring up into the sky and frustrated. I think part of that was, you know, he's hoping that Adriano had done a little bit better since he got a piece of it. But I think part of that frustration, part of that reaction was maybe that, you know, he had wished a little bit, bit did a little bit better there. So yeah. um, I could be completely getting that wrong. He might just be completely pissed at Adrian. But uh, anyway, it's 1-1, and it's getting deep and deep and deep into stoppage time. And there's it's just dour mood at UJ's. You, you missed, thinking, you missed well, one, Brian. I mean, we had – if you're getting that far ahead, there was a, a play a play on Salah, and it was oh the tackle the tackle that injured Salah, and I mean, it was the right move. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's what you want your player to do is to take a card, take a sacrifice for it to stop an advancing player. But yeah, I almost wondered if that was a penalty. I mean, yes, he fouls him outside the box, but he also fouls him inside the box. <laughs> the, well, the the tackle that actually hurts yeah. him is inside the box. And but the foul is out. I know what you're saying, but the but, foul. But it's first contact. Out, I get it. I get it. But, right. you know, yeah. I still, I, I've never been able to find it again, but I swear, not this past Women's World Cup, but the one before that, Alex, Alex Morgan was given a penalty um, because she she was fouled outside the box, but the play continued on into the box, and they called it some continuation. I swear I've heard it. I swear I heard Napoon talk about it on, on on whatever podcast he was doing at that Women's World Cup. Um, but but I, 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 I do remember that, and I, I've never been able to find it, so I can't say that that should have counted as a continuation penalty. But <laughs> There's no such thing as a continuation penalty. I know, and that's probably why, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I guess if the allows advantage and you play on in a new – piece of play or a new phase of play you know you beat another player off the dribble you take another couple of touches you know then you get fouled after the advantage or was was called because you were fouled but maintained possession and weren't hindered in any way then i guess you could get a, another foul committed against you and to call that one but yeah you know you're right it was the it, it, it kind of a cynical yellow but you know if lavern or matip does that we call him genius you know and, and yeah i hope i hope one of them I hope they don't have to do it on Sunday against United. We'll get to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a smart smart play for the defender to make. And we headed into stoppage time at, at nil-nil, right? So talk to us about stoppage time. We're, we're thinking it's dropped points. It's 1-1. And here we go, 93rd minute. And take us through it. I mean, what else is there to say? Monty collects the ball down down towards the touchline like he tends to on the left-hand side, starts advancing up towards the top of the box. Um, was it Johnny Evans? The Leicester defender, him? yeah, the thousand. Anyway, Mane gets. I don't remember who it was. Mane gets fouled. Yeah. Mane gets fouled in the box, and uh, and penalty to Liverpool. James Milner steps up, does his little, looks like he slips, <laughs> comes up and just hits it right down the middle. Casper Schmeichel dives to his right, and it goes right past him. I mean, game Liverpool, pretty much a walk off right there. Um, but Brian, you know, a lot of people were talking after the match in the media, and I I don't agree with them. But they're saying that that was a soft penalty; shouldn't have been given a penalty. What's your take, bud? Well, I, I heard it both ways. I heard some people saying that it wasn't. I heard that obviously everyone that is you know against Liverpool, you know, our rivals, and 
and you know, rival pods and other folks like that doing their own home media thing. And certainly were saying it wasn't a penalty. It was soft, this and that. I mean, here's, it comes down to, was it a foul? Yes. He makes contact with the back of both of his legs. Yep. And kick, kicks him pretty damn hard. And, you know, Monty doesn't go down right away. But he's fouled, I think, again a little bit after that. The first one w- was the hard contact. You know, kind of takes a dribble and half a step and, you know, goes down at that point. I- I'm sorry, that's a foul, and therefore it's a penalty. And, I- and I've heard some, you know, announcers and some pundits describe it just that way. That is a foul, and it's in the box, so it, so it is a penalty. Yeah. As soon as he kicks him for the first time. Now, granted, it- it's – I think Monte – Kind of, I don't want to say chose to go down because he was fouled, but he tried to stay. He did stay on his feet. He sold it at first. The, let's just yeah, be honest. Yeah, he did. He, he sold yeah, it. He did, but he was he, he was fouled. Yeah. And until referees start calling that initial kick as a penalty, no matter what happens, and don't even force the guy to get fouled again and go down or seek other contact and exaggerate it or whatever you want to call it, and still referees or until referees call that first contact the penalty immediately, strikers going to be forced to do this. And guys like Harry Kane will make freaking livings out of, of doing this kind of shit. <laughs> and and you know, that's not Mane's normal style. It wasn't the most elegant, you know, placing oneself onto the ground that I've ever seen before on a soccer pitch. But it is a foul. It is a penalty. And people that say it's not, they try to lump this into, you know, so many other blatant dives where there's very little contact and there's a sliding player and the guy leaps over the top of the other guy and then, you know, rolls around and holds his leg for a half an hour like Lamar does. It's not even in the same category. This is a penalty. And go, one thing I want to say about this penalty, too, if you go back and and watch it before, you know, Monty really goes down and before the, the penalty is given or as he's going down, Hendo's kind of zooming into the top of the box, you know, looking for a ball to be played out or maybe looking for a clearance that he could maybe take one touch and, and hit it. And he goes down and, and Hendo's kind of screaming for the penalty, his arms out wide, referee gives it. Hendo immediately picks up the ball, turns around, and hands it to Milner. <laughs> but, and, and that happens, I mean, within a second and a half of the referee giving the penalty. And I did not notice it until I watched the highlights again today. I thought that was really cool. Hendo picks it up. Because I'm sure when he came on, he, he, he got, he got it. Yeah. Well, oh, no, I know he knows he's not taking it. But I know, I don't think he wanted Monday to try to take it or Sal to try to take oh, yeah. it. I got gotcha. you. Know, and it, it could be that everyone knew Milner was the designated penalty taker. You probably you – know, Milner started the game as captain, and when Hendo came on, I don't even know if Milner gave him the armband or not. I guess it really doesn't matter. Um, I, I don't even remember didn't even notice. But, yeah, Hendo picks up the ball and immediately gives it to Milner. He takes a penalty and Cooley slots at home. And it was supposed to be four minutes to stop, which time ended up being about six and a half. And, uh, yeah, we walk away with with all three points. So, you know, a crazy way to win a game. And there was immediate talk of of Klopp going back to Brendan Rodgers' house, who he's renting, and just, you know, putting more holes in the wall and all kinds of <laughs> big parties and that kind of stuff, which I hope they got to do. Taking the picture. And, cause uh, you know Brendan Rodgers left a picture of himself in there. So oh, I'm sure. so, so maybe, he, maybe he drew a mustache on it or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Probably put something else on it, but yeah, he could, who knows what. I'm sure he did something to it. I'm 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 cool with that. So yeah, three points for the Reds. But as soon as this happens, and well, I guess there's two questions here. First of all, there's a little bit of uh, you know some aggro, as the British announcer called it, after the match, some pushing and some shoving, and 
I saw a little bit about this and, and could probably speak to it a bit, but did you did you uh, look into this at all, Joe? No, I didn't. Uh, when we got to Atlanta, we were busy, and then it, it, I forgot about it until I watched the highlights again, and I texted you a little bit about it. But I did notice yeah. it when I watched the highlights. I was like, ooh, I wonder what happened there. But it was too late for me to really go dig on it. Well, the announcers were, you know, Liverpool gets their three points and Anfield's erupting and there's still a perfect record and this and that. And, you know, is this their year? You know, that, that comes out and, and then all of a sudden there's pushing and shoving and, you know, Perez, who we talked about earlier that set up Madison's uh, equalizers, you know, pushing and shoving with Rabo and, and Trent in there. Lalana's in there, you know, <laughs> screaming and yelling and, and then Virgil comes over, Virgil comes <laughs> over, you know, as I looked into it further and, and read a few things and, and I, I think I'm, this is probably, Mostly correct. You never know with this kind of stuff. But I guess after the equalizer, um, you know, Perez, who was certainly down, you know, Rabo's side, you know, kind of ran over as part of the celebration and it was giving Rabo a little bit of shit about, um, you know, hey, we've equalized and, you know, you suck or, you know, whatever he was telling him. Um, so after Milner's penalty in a full time, first of all, the referee blows for full time as Lester is crossing the ball, which is very unusual. Yeah. So that was good to. That was good to see. You don't automatically get an extra minute and a half if you stuck down there. But Rabo goes back over and, and kind of runs by and gives him a little bit of an elbow. You know, not quite like he did to Messi last year in that semifinal where he, <laughs> he basically Messi down. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he does like a, a left stick trigger R two circle flick twist triangle and like shoves <laughs> Messi in the back of the head. But th- this was. Just uh, walking by, like a little bit of an elbow, like, and I'm sure he said something to him that was completely, you know, undecipherable because it was in Scottish, and you know, no one can understand it. But <laughs> and, and he did not, Perez did not like that at all. And you know, good for Rabo, you know, for going back at him after Perez had gave him some shit after the equalizer. So then it all kicks off at that point. They're just kind of pushing and shoving, and Virgil's trying to calm him down. Luana's, you know, thinking this might be my last game for about a month, so I'm going to scream and yell a little bit. <laughs> Look important. <laughs> Yeah, they're all pushing and shoving, and you know that Jamie Vardy comes in against Perez. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that that surprised me, man. Jamie Vardy for a second. I don't know. Yeah, Virgil kind of had that little angry look to him, though. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Shut the hell up, kind of look. You know, Vardy yeah, comes over and, and walks him away. I'm like, man, this is the same Jamie Vardy that said chat shit get banged. You know, so I mean, maybe he's grown and matured. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it be. I, I think they all went after the out after the game together for some Rabina and shared a couple bottles and there you go. You know, made friends again, I guess. But uh, maybe, maybe some yeah, tea that, that, and, uh, and some and some biscuits. It took the attention momentarily off of everyone saying, or not everyone, but certainly the announcers did. You know, is this Liverpool's year? You win games like this. This is what you need to do to win titles, and they've done it again, and all this kind of stuff, and. Uh, you know, I, it, it was and it was all over social media and all over a lot of the podcasts that we listen to. And, and here we are talking about it. You know, what are your thoughts on this? People saying, you know, now after eight games, it's another example that this is Liverpool's year. Joe, is this uh, are you on board or are people, uh, you know, putting the cart before the horse here? Oh, come on. It's freaking October. Um, we had we had a bigger lead last January and, and lost it. Um, we haven't played Manchester City yet. Uh, we haven't played Manchester United, um, but the rest of the table. But we've played. Oh, and we haven't played Spurs yet. So I mean, there's still, you know, if you're looking at the big boys. Oh, and by the way, the United States lost two nothing. 
um, to Canada. It's the first loss since 1985 to Canada. Um, anyway, syrup, <laughs> sticky syrup. Um, they win the they win the syrup jug. Um, <laughs> um, where, where's my train of thought going, Brian? <laughs> you're saying that um, you you can't win the league in October, oh, yeah, you but can't you can lose the, in October. Be, That's what you're saying. Yeah, you can't lose in October. And you know, the, let's go let's go back because a couple of years ago, the year that what. what when City scored or City got 100 points and just walked away with the league, I don't know where they were, but I remember looking in November and going, oh, yeah, this is City's year because the City was that far ahead of everybody else, and they were playing great. I mean, yes, they dropped some points later on in the second part of the season, um, I think to us included, uh, but but still, it was City's year by far, and everybody knew it, and um, I don't know if it, it, I don't know if they just kind of gave up and didn't give their best to it, but... Um, but I mean, you look at it and it, it can, it can still be lost. It's way too early to make this judgment. I like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I love it. I, every time I look at it, I get a big smile on my face. Um, but I mean, I remember thinking probably the second year I started watching Liverpool. So that'd been 2004 and you're, you're saying to yourself, excuse me, 2003, you're saying to yourself, don't look at the table until Christmas. It doesn't really matter, but when your team's at first, though, you sure do look yeah. love looking that, at that table. That's, that's not a cliche. <laughs> that used to be a real thing. You know, don't worry about the table until Christmas, and that, that's you know, it doesn't work that way anymore. It doesn't. Um, and, and you gave a you gave a, good, a couple of good examples. I mean, there were times where you know teams that are not winning the league were playing so good after eight, ten games that you know, in hindsight, it was obvious that they were, or perhaps obvious that they were, um, you know. Over overwhelming favorites people are starting to say that about liverpool and I, I agree with you that it's too early to to make any kind of official statement Carragher did it the other day yeah if i understand i didn't see it i was reading about it so i think it's a bit early to do that as well but before we move into that we got to wrap this up with the man of the match i i suppose so um you got a man of the match for the leicester game yeah i'm now? going i'm going james milner uh he was he was everywhere he set up Tom that, that monogol um he scored that penalty, calm as you like. Uh, he was, yeah, he was where he needed to be. He had a great game. Um, I'm going James Milner. Honorable mention Sadio Mane because I thought Sadio Mane was a workhorse as well. Yeah, they were both excellent. I'm going to pick somebody else different entirely um, for no other reason other than this is the last time I'm going to be able to, be able to pick this player. And he had, a, he had a he had a damn good first seven and three quarter games for us. <laughs> and if you'd have told me on that podcast we did after the home opener or the opening match, which wasn't home and, and it, Allison was hurt that we were going to win our first eight games. I would have said, Holy shit. And, and cause we didn't, you know, didn't know who this guy was and he's had a couple of, you know, balls. I wish he would have saved easy, you know, had a couple of mistakes. He gave one away to what Danny Yang's on a weird clearance. And yeah, but other than that, he's been, He's been solid, and we've won all eight games. And I know he wasn't spectacular in this game, but I've been waiting for my chance to give him a man of the match and wanting to do so, and he just hasn't really ever earned it. But I'm giving Adrian the man of the match to this game just because this is hopefully the last league game he plays for us this year. And I just want to recognize that he's been 
damn good over the first eight games. Better than I thought he would be. So I'm giving him my man of the match, even though he wasn't the best player on the pitch. Will you allow that? That's, that's fair. I would allow that if I were host. So you, you're you host, so you can allow it yourself. And and nice. I want this captain's I'm, armband you're letting me wear is really feeling <laughs> so good. Well, heck, you can even tell people why they're wrong, Brian, um, and have a little backing to it. The the thing I do want to say about Adrian is I, I just want to kind of echo it. I mean, gosh, man, we, we did not think he was good. We were pretty down. I mean, you're going from the best goalkeeper in the world. I thought Adrian did great. Um, yeah, there there were some things that maybe Alison Becker might have done differently. Um, maybe maybe that Salzburg game's a little different. Uh, we talked about that, you know, with the familiarity with good Gomez and Adrian. Uh, but but you know, I thought he did great, especially coming in. What thirty two year old? Um, he was training with a Segunda La Liga team or something like that. Uh, he wasn't even on a team. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, doing pretty well in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, kind kind of like yeah. a. <laughs> oh, never mind. Um, so Brian, I do want to point one thing out though, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here. So we're <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking about um, have have Liverpool played anybody yet? And let, let's just we still have a lot left in this first half of the season because we saw we've only played as I'm looking at this table on the memory serves me correct. We've only played four of the top ten teams. We've played Arsenal, Leicester, Chelsea, uh, Burnley, and that's it. Yes. We still have to play Manchester City. Right. We still have to Twice. play Crystal Palace. We still have to play yep. West Ham. And that West Ham team is going to be sneaky this year. Just keep an eye on them. That's my opinion. And Tottenham and Bournemouth. So, um, yeah, both those th- those guys are coming up before long. So um, None of them scare me. It- they're they're good, you know. They're playing better this year. A lot of those teams than they have in a long, long, long time. I, I get that. Well, Crystal Palace in six, so. man, and, and Wilfred Zaha really isn't off his duck yet. So, I don't know. It, it, it'd be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting how the the table happens. But I, like we talked about earlier, I, I I'm a little concerned about clinical finishing. But like you said, maybe it's going to click, and we're just going to start dominating teams. And I, I hope so. I hope so. Let's see if we can dominate him against, and let's hope it starts. Uh, st- let's hope it starts on Sunday, right? <laughs> yes, we'll get to that in a second. But first, first, I want to talk about. Let's talk about schedules for a second, okay? Because I, I I saw an interesting point here. Sit, you know, we you mentioned our schedule, and, and we played Chelsea. We played some other, you know, pretty good teams. Um, you know, not all of them, but uh, you know, a handful of them. City's played a very soft schedule so far. They've played. Wolves who beat them. That was one of the shocking results uh, um, that came after you know our match against Leicester. So they played. City's played Wolves and lost. They played Everton, Watford. They played Norwich, who's lost, which is or sorry, Norwich beat City. So that was crazy. They played Brighton. They played Burnmouth, and they played a Spurs side, which is a completely upside down right now, sitting in ninth. And West Ham. That's it. City has played zero teams in the top seven, but they've still lost more matches in their last four which is two losses than they had lost in their previous 20 league games. So they've played nobody yet. And and we've played, you know, not the toughest schedule in, in the league for sure, but city haven't played anybody yet, including us and United and Arsenal and Chelsea and palace. They still have twice. And, you know, some other teams that have, that are playing better than they were last year. And they've lost two games out of the last four. I mean, that, I think that might be why some people are talking about you know, this is the year or whatever, and we agree that's a bit premature. But 
does city soft schedule change your thoughts on on any of this or is it something not to even worry about so one of the things that was kind of going around and I, for, first of all i'm ever since james pierce left the echo i'm kind of disappointed in the echo and i i kind of don't really take much grain of salt in them um anymore but they have that but they they put out like the same tweet like 15 times promoting the same article um <laughs> and so it pops up in your news feed but they, one of the things they were saying, and I didn't read it, but they're talking about how Kun Aguero could, being out injured could actually help Manchester City. So I'm drawing a conclusion from this, Brian. Would you would you be thinking that? Because this is what I'm thinking. They're saying that Aguero was playing hurt, and so he wasn't 100, percent and he tries to force things too much when he's hurt, and so him being out of the team would actually benefit. Manchester City because they could play a fully fit uh, Gabby, Gabriel Jesus in, in his place and focus on Sterling and Jesus. I think that's probably correct. I, I do think that Aguero was playing a little bit hurt. And there's not a striker in the world of his quality, which is you know top 15 strikers in the world. It, it amazes sure. me how – I mean because he's, he's, he's in his 30s now and how well he yeah. still plays. It just it just amazes me. We saw it with he, with with uh, geriatric Ronaldo. Um, he he still did it. I mean, he was yeah. <laughs> fine. You know, Aguero's Ronaldo, 20, 20 plus goals every single year. He, he, every, every year, yeah. He, and he was playing hurt. And I I think you you make a good point there. But that's only if Gabby Jesus plays well. Yeah, and you know because he he can be streaky and he can get hot and he can have you know two or three matches as, as good as anybody. Um, so I, you know, I don't know. It kind of depends on really what I think it depends on is does De Bruyne come back or not? Uh, I think that's bigger. He's I at, think that's bigger than anything for them. They gave him on fantasy so far because I just looked at my team tonight. Um, by the way, I picked up Angolo Conte. Um, yeah, I had enough in the bank and got rid of Deccan Dicker or whatever from uh, from Wolves. He's he's a possible injury. Um, but yeah, he's at seventy five percent to play this weekend. Um, I, I have a feeling that they're going to need him, so he's going to play. Uh, anyway, I don't know how good he will be, but I mean, let's be honest, he is Kevin DeBrona. Um I I think City I think City's in trouble and they know it. Um Ooh, keep talking to me. I, I think another the, drink. I think the bigger issue is um they haven't played anybody with a great good to great strike team yet this season i mean they did play spurs don't get me wrong but i i'm not sold on spurs this year and i'm not sold on harry kane as outside of penalties um but that's just my bias i'll be i'll be completely honest my bias um it i think city losing um losing vincent company and now having an injured laporta and uh, John Stones is reportedly uh, battling through an injury as well. Um, I think it would be a bad time for them to come up against a, I don't know, let's say an Arsenal football club with uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, um, Pepe, uh, and oh my God, and Lacazette, guys that are proven goal scorers, um, to come up and they could probably run that that uh, back line ragged. Um, I don't know if I haven't watched City, so I don't know if they're pulling Kyle Walker into play center back or if they're leaving him at left back. Uh, but yeah, 
No, they're they're playing. I watched the Wolves game after I got home from UJ's, and and because it was, I, mean, I wasn't staring at it, but I watched an awful lot of it. And they have Odomendi, uh, Odomendi playing center back, and he was terrible. He, he is Wolves. terrible. <laughs> He's he, terrible. He is. I I wish we were playing City tomorrow. Yeah. At the Eddie, fine with me, because they their back line is beat up, and De Bruyne is hurt, Aguero's hurt, they're rattled, as you said. You know that loss to Wolves. I mean, Wolves took it to them, and you know teams are, are causing us to play a little bit differently this year. Teams are certainly playing Man City differently this year. There is no more. Let's just sit back and keep it nil nil as long as we can. Try to get it to halftime and and maybe sneak a one one out of this. That you know that you you do that to the City teams of a couple of years ago and you lose five nil. Yeah, and it's. You know, it's four 0 after twenty five minutes. You're like, well, shit, that doesn't work, you know. Teams don't do that anymore. They they don't play us the same way anymore. There there's some teams that are coming after us a little bit. I think like I think, Salzburg and, and like yeah. you know Norwich did and a few others. I think Fat Frank's so, looked at his chops at playing City as well. I wish we were playing them tomorrow because they're a mess. And I tell you what, Automandi was terrible against Wolves. So we'll, we'll see what happens. They, they, you know, they've got more injuries than we do right now. They're te- they're still the deepest team on the planet. Yes. In yep. my opinion, and it's, it's it, this very well could go down to the wire, but uh, you know we'll have to see. So good good chat around the league there. Have to throw in the the piece here that Everton and relegation zone, which is hilarious. And, and Manchester United is only two points above the relegation zone. Let's just put it. Yeah, that way. Manchester United's right there with them. So let's talk <laughs> about them because there's this game. You know, Liverpool has a big big game against the team in fifteenth or whatever the hell they're at right now. Um, on Sunday, so first of all, all the, everybody listening probably figured this out already. This this game was originally scheduled for Saturday. It, it moved to Sunday. Uh, it's 11:30 a.m. Eastern Time here in the states on Sunday. So uh, if you're somehow thinking it's on Saturday, like the, I, I had a calendar on my a Liverpool calendar on my computer at work, and it's still stuck on Saturday. My phone updated, but the game is Sunday, 11:30 <laughs> against the dreadful relegation battling Manchester United. That old so, you know, this, yeah, at Old Trafford. So an interesting fun fact, since uh, the genius of, of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer arrived at Manchester United, they've earned 17 points since he got there. In that same span, Liverpool have won 17 league matches <laughs> while they've only earned 17 points. I, I've been laughing about that for about a week and a half. Um, I, I love it. I love it. So there's a couple of new updates that have come out really just today. Um, you know, we all heard Allison in training and full training, you know, maybe a week, week and a half ago, you know, maybe not full training with the entire team, but going through the normal, you know, routine with the other goalkeepers, et cetera. So there's word that he is fully fit and ready to go. And, and there's talk, you know, should they rush him back? Should they not rush him back? I don't even think this is a rush. I think he was ready, you know, three or four or five, six days ago. And, and I think he'll going to play. So I, I want to get your opinion on that. Another interesting goal, goalkeeper news happened today for Spain, David De Gea. Left the match with a non-contact injury. I read. I didn't see it, but I, I heard one. it was something. It was called off the ball. Um, so left the game um, injured for Spain. So I, I don't know. Groin or hamstring? I'm seeing that's it's one of the two. I've seen conflicting. Hope, I think things. it's both. I think it's both. Let, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Left hamstring and right groin. Let's do that. <laughs> that's a hard way to pull, Brian. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's a really tough pull. <laughs> It's a really tough. Play. <coughs> so yeah, let's hope it's both. Um, oh, but yeah, man. he may not play, and, and Allison might play. You know what, what? What do you think here about this match? And then the first of all, is Allison going to play? And I like to know what do you think about heading into this game? Maybe touch on the lineup and give me a score prediction too. 
I don't do score predictions. Um, I'll, I'm, but I might. We'll okay, see. so that's it then. <laughs> no, um, so here, I'm really, I'm not. I know you. I know Jurgen's not going to let the boys sleep on it. They're not going to look at the table. The heck, they probably haven't looked. At, they just know they're in first place. Um, but I, I think that I mean, they, Pogba comes back this match. Um, a lot of other guys, a lot of some uh, some of their other players that have been now injured are coming back as well. I thought Marcus Rashford, uh, I, th- I believe, is back. Um, but the thing is, Brian, is that this has been the knock of Manchester United. Who's going to score the goals this season? I, I'm not sold on Marcus Rashford. Um, it, it, Paul Pogba, he has never proven himself against elite competition for Manchester United. Um, out outside of maybe a game here or a game there. Um, and it really reeks that this team has given up on Ollie. It really does. Um, and I, and to be honest, I don't think he's the problem. I, I want them to keep him there um, because I want to keep beating them, <laughs> which I do think we will this weekend. But it, it, it's got a couple, couple of the three Different ways that could be a surprise match in here. Coming back from international break, granted, some of our guys might have just been on a plane ride. They didn't really, they didn't really play a match. Um, like you said, Fabiano got ten minutes, uh, but Bobby played one hundred and twenty. Um, but I think they were based they were based in uh, in Europe, though. I think so. They they didn't have tons of travel like Los Angeles to England uh, to come back. So you've got that. You've got the international break travel, playing different style, coming back and playing your style. I and mean, granted, they have a few days to, to to all get back together and practice and and whatnot. Um, but also you get the feeling that this Manchester United team realizes that their coach is under pressure, and it has so they are they they going to put in an inspired performance because it is a rival. Um. And give us one of those matches that that everybody just tends to click and plays out of their mind, even if David Ahea is not in there. We've seen it before, where you know a goal, a really good goalkeeper goes down, and then you have a lackluster backup come in. Heck, Adrian, and they play out of their mind, and they yeah. keep everything motivates out. the defense to motivate the defense to do exactly. a little bit better because they need to, and and they can pull it off. I. I mean, we've owned. Well, if you're not going to give me a score prediction, tell me at least I, if we're, how many L- points Liverpool, are we going to get. Liverpool's getting three points in this match. Um, we've beaten. We've made Harry Maguire look like a fool before. Uh, I'm sure it'll happen again. Wambasaka didn't hasn't really impressed much this season, and he's going to be going up against uh, Robbo. Um, Robbo's going to shut him down. <laughs> uh, let's just be honest. Um, and and Luke Shaw can't keep up with with Trent Alexander Arnold. Or Mo Salah, um, I think they're going to be running at that defense all day and turning Harry Maguire this way and that way, and uh, and it's going to be there's going to be a lot of shots, a lot of shots from Liverpool, and I don't think they're all just going to be coming from the front three. I think you're going to see some midfield shots too, because I'm not sold on that uh, Manchester United midfield whatsoever. Um, I'll take a couple set piece shots too, so yeah. you know, let's just. Let's do it. Yep. So. I like it. So I, I don't know why you're so down on Marcus Rashford. I mean, he did win United's goal of the month for September. Now, it turns out it was a penalty, and that's the only score. I was going to say, was it the only goal? The 
Yeah, the, the only goal they scored in the whole fucking month of September was a penalty, so he wins their goal of the month by default. But um, yeah, you know, it, it's I'm with you that it, it is a big rivalry game. I, I obviously, and and you never know what you know he's going to pull out of their hat. Or we've been the team that, that in the past that maybe hasn't been as good or in as good form if you go back five six years, and we'd rise to the occasion and play well. You know that can happen in this game. So. I think if United were playing another good team like Leicester or Arsenal or another team that's maybe, you know, kind of punching above their weight right now, like Palace or, you know, Wolves or somebody like that, then they may lay down on Solskjaer and just get him fired. And, you know, not that they would do that, let's say, um, you know, deliberately, but they you did know, it to Josie Marino. And, and, you know, they gave yeah, up on him. I think they probably did. Yeah, I think I think there's something to that. But I, I don't think they'll do that in this game uh, th- because it's us. So I do think we're going to win. I, I think I agree with you. We're going to get three points. I'll tell you right now, I'm making Bobby Firmino my captain on my fantasy team because when he comes back from international break, you know, sometimes he does really well. Sometimes he doesn't. I think this is going to be one that he does well. It's like when he you know, came out red hot to start the season after, you know, playing so well for Brazil this summer. So uh, I think Bobby's going to lead us. If we score first, we score in the first half. I think we beat him three 0 and, and we just kind of just take control of the game. So that's my prediction. It, it has all first, the makings. It has all the makings of being a blowout. It really does. Like I, I could honestly see five five nil, Brian. <laughs> five nil at Old Trafford. Trafford. Yeah, and they probably well, we would had sack four nil, and they probably sack uh, Ollie the next day. But I really, honestly, if I'm looking at this in an unbiased perspective, I don't think Ollie Center Gunner Solskjaer is the problem. I think the problem is with Edward Ward and the ownership. I, yes, they have the highest. I mean, they do. Seriously, they have the highest payroll in in the Premier League, and they're sitting in 15th place. And I don't think that goes back to the manager. I think it's bad deals from the front office. How are you going to sell every single attacking option that you have except for Marcus Rashford and, and expect your team to score goals for the season? I really, I, I just don't understand what they're doing. It's a play toy. It was used to make money. Um, I, I kind of am sounding a little upset or whatever. But Brian, let's be honest. They put out. I I hate um, mixed uh, mixed teams, best eleven or whatever. But the only two people they had, they had they had Harry Maguire over Joel Matip and Paul Pogba over any of our midfielders. Seriously? No. Well, I'm sorry. Paul Pogba over one of our midfielders. Well, yeah, but I mean, so yeah, Fabino was in the best 11. Um, and who else was in there for our midfield? Genie. Oh, Ginny and Ginny. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. no, I honestly, on, I think Jordan Henderson has been playing better than Paul Pogba. Well, I'd still say if Paul Pogba was a Liverpool player. The best Liverpool midfield is Fabinho, <laughs> Genie Wijnaldum, and either Henderson or Milner. <laughs> yeah, true. At least uh, based on this year's form and last year's form. Ever since the guy got to touch the World Cup, he's been complete shit. So, <laughs> And even sometimes before that he was. But you know, yeah. it, regardless, it's going to be a hell of a game on Sunday. And, and I think we both agree that uh, we, we definitely want to win this one. and uh, And I think we will. But, uh, you know, we'll see because anything can happen in these games. You mentioned a, a thrashing. I, I, I do recall the 4-0 game. I, I'm sure you can picture the At silver, Trafford, yeah. all silver away kit. Yep. And um, Steven Gerrard Chris kisses Rock, the camera. 
Chris Ronald scores a penalty to to give them a one nil lead, I believe. And um, Torres got a brace then, that day, I think. Yeah, Torres steals the ball from Vidish and Vidic and oh, um, you know slots it and puts up five fingers to the Old Trafford fans. <laughs> that was not long after after Istanbul. Um, and, uh, Brian, one quick one quick comment on this. It was a long time after it, but he puts up the five fingers. Well, I want to go through their goals. I'm trying to remember. Well, I don't remember the second. The third one was um, Fabio Aurelio, a brilliant free kick. And the fourth one was Dosena on a long ball, like a weird chip. I don't remember the – oh, it was, it was Gerard, penalty. And you go, and is that when he goes and kisses the camera? Yeah. Yep, Torres, Gerard kissing the camera, Aurelio with a brilliant free kick down at the other end, and then Andreas Dosena. And yeah. it laid in stoppage time on like a long ball and then just chips an advancing goalkeeper and we beat him four nil. So my, yeah, sorry. My, go ahead, my favorite, my favorite was every, all the United fans talking about how great Vidic was. And then every time he comes up against best defender in the world, best defender in the world. And then he comes, every time he comes, it was Fernando Torres. He makes him look, <laughs> he's look like he's a little bitch. I mean, seriously, Torres owned Vidic and I loved every single minute of it. Um, I I have to look at our record. We only had towards like what two seasons, and I don't know. I don't think we dropped any. I don't think we lost to United in either of those two seasons. I think Torres just owned him every single time we played him. And this is just off of memory, and I could be completely wrong. But um, <laughs> I was going off of memory too. I hope I got those goals correct. You know, we're doing this on the fly. We didn't like research ahead of time because we knew it was really going to come up. But uh, yeah, we never I didn't do. think you were going to say five nil. So you know, hey, I'll take it. But yeah, if we got any of those wrong, you know, send us a message or a tweet or go on our Facebook page and let us know because we might have. So, so I mean, so very good. So we think three points for for the Reds on Sunday. Go ahead. Three, so we've got United Sunday uh, travel to Belgium play Genk on Wednesday. Um, then back home for Spurs next Sunday, and then Arsenal uh, to end the month. So, yeah, that's a that's a pretty. Inter- We're gonna get a really good gut check, I think. Um, looking at the next uh, the next the rest of the month, big games. You know, take control of the Champions League game with a win at Gank, and then you know get a result or get three points against. Spurs, and then see what happens against Arsenal, and that we could be looking really good after all that. What, what speaking it's of so Spurs, good, we'll Brian, just what, go to strangers. So so good, we'll just go to strangers' house and ask them for candy at the end of the month. <laughs> we'll be so happy. But oh, I'm sorry that 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 uh, Arsenal game. It won't be our main players. Yeah. That's the uh, fourth round of the um, cup. Oh, that's cup right. That's right. It, it's not a league game. Our league game is. I was looking at that on my calendar the other day. The, when we play. You know the the other big big clubs that are up there with us in City, etc. So, ooh, and okay. we play and we play uh, City after having Gank at home, and we yeah. play City at home right before the next international break. <laughs> and they had, they play a midweek game in Europe, I believe, if I remember correctly, um, prior to coming to play us, where we play Gank at home. So, yep. So, yep. Um, interesting month. It's awesome. gonna be. It, let's just put it that way. It's gonna be a very interesting month. Um, and it really could shape up how things look in on, on at least two fronts. Agreed. Agreed very much. So, well, Hey, sir, let's wrap this up. Like we normally do. It's time for our traditional plugs and non-plugs. What do you got tonight? Um, let's start with non-plugs. Um, first of all, I'm going to start with Bulgaria, um, and Bulgarian fans. If you haven't heard yet, the it's 
the English team uh, goes to Bulgaria for what is it Euro qualifiers, and um, and almost immediately the the racist chants and monkey calls, et cetera, et cetera, ha- start to uh, start to creep in, and it just intensifies as England beats the crap out of Bulgaria six uh, nil at halftime. Brian, it's two thousand nineteen. I remember when they had the whole when when they had a big push in the early two thousands um, to try to get racism out of football, and we don't see it. We've had some a few incidences. I'm not going to put it back and say that the EPL is perfect, but we always kind of tend to see this when we go to um, the Eastern Eastern European countries, um, even some in Italy, and it it just drives me bonkers. I can't stand racism at all, and I can't stand the fact that um, that we still have to deal with this in 2019. Um, yeah, this is my non-plug. Still, the Bulgarian fans, the team, um, the team captain had to get on at halftime and tell them to stop, and they still didn't do anything. Um, they still kept going. Um, Somebody got fired today from the Bulgarian FA. I think it might have been their general manager, but that's not steps in the right enough. Uh, I think UEFA needs to step in and just ban them from all competitions. I, mean, I think UEFA, it's time for UEFA to grow a pair and, and maybe even FIFA in that regard. And when stuff like this happens, they need to, um, they need to sanction the clubs and I, and I think just kick them out of tournaments. It, it, it happened, it happened this- to England. It happened to England with the whole hooliganism back in the uh, late eighties, early nineties, and uh, I think it, I think it's that's the only way they're going to get racism out of football in the matches is that harshly penalizing countries and uh, and and teams even in in like Champions League matches. Well said. Probably the biggest non-plug we've ever had on this pod. You know, sometimes we have a little fun with them, but there's nothing. You know, more serious in the soccer world today than than what happened, unfortunately, in Sofia. And good for England for playing through that. And what they win seven nil or something crazy six, like that. Six, six nil. nil. So yeah. six nil. Yeah, it could have been a seven. So there's some, um, you know, there's some sad videos out there of, of Nazi salutes and things being said. There's also some very interesting interesting videos recorded by some England supporters, you know, cheering on their team, singing songs, and you know they could hear the chants happening and. People at, back in England texting the traveling England supporters that the TV has shown, you know, some ultras were kicked out of the stadium and they were outside waiting for the England fans type of shit. And, and you know, it's just – I mean, what can you say? It's a disturbing and, and terrible part of, you know, what happened in this international break. And, and I, ho- I hope UEFA or FIFA take some serious action. It's time for some serious, serious penalties when – when this kind of thing takes place and it's, it has to be more than just behind closed doors for one match or, or a fine you know, or some d- shit like that. Yeah. Fine or limiting traveling supporters for future matches. It's, you know, I know UEFA has a protocol. They go through these steps. You know, the first step is, is kind of making announcement over the PA and, and to tell the fans it's been heard. It's been heard by the referee, stop it. Or the next step's going to take place. You know, whatever the wording is, you know, at, at some point, some referee needs to say game over, you know, ten nothing win to the to the other team, or or you know, maybe, I don't know, whatever it is, double whatever the current lead is, and three nothing becomes six nothing, game over, everybody go home, you know, or, or something. But you don't want to put fans in jeopardy, and and but even more so, maybe kick them out of this competition and say you're done, you forfeit then your next five games. 
or they say, you know what, you're banned for, for four years. And if you want to do qualifying, you have to start at the very earliest stages. Yeah. It's time for some serious penalties. So, yep. It's it's certainly a, a terrible stain on the sport right now. And, and, uh, well done with the non-plug there, Joe. You, you you put it all together very nicely. So, you want to redeem this with a plug, or should we move on? Oh shit! I had a plug. I could double plug it if you don't have one ready um, to go. So. Well, here here here's one at the other end of the spectrum, and if if you think of one, we can come back to you. So, where was it in um you know, the first round of international games? I want to plug the, I guess the Iranian FA. They finally allowed female supporters to go to a game, which is really kind of crazy when you think about it. But they had a section. They filled the section. They were singing, having a great time. I thought that was really cool. So, you know, plug to those uh, you know, the women, younger, older, that went in and, and watched their team really for the first time. There's been stories of of uh, women sneaking into matches before dressed up as men, which I think is pretty badass. Yeah. Probably more badass than anything I'll ever do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, but they had a section. And, you know, the next thing is to, to let them, you know, stand wherever they want. And staying all match long as they in their own section. But that was really cool to see. And another kind of more uh, whimsical plug I'll do is, is uh, since Jim isn't here, somebody has to go French tonight, and that's the fans of Lyon. So the and this is all the way back to the Champions League round where we played Salzburg. I, I, or I might even have been a league back. I might get this wrong. Sorry. But um, they changed the kickoff time for a Lyon match to accommodate – uh, the the television market in the Far East, specifically in China, when it was what I read, and this pissed off the Leon Ultras that do tifos on that behind, um, you know, behind one end of the stadium, behind a goal. So you know, we don't do a whole lot of politics on this show, and I'm not taking a side here. I'd be happy to talk about it with anybody that knows me, whatever you want. But these fans were so mad that their kickoff time got changed to accommodate the Chinese TV market that they made an enormous tifo. And it was for free Tibet. Oh shit, <laughs> Joe! It's that is awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, they're. It's. I think it might have just been a regular French league game. I'll look it up and, and I'll get the picture to it. We'll maybe put it on our Facebook or Twitter page. That we're going to talk about it here in a second. But yeah, their ultras are mad that their kickoff time got altered for <laughs> the Chinese TV market, so they made an enormous free Tibet TFO. Oh yeah, that's so, great. So you know, I'm not plugging any type of political, um, you know, movement. Although I think people can probably guess where I would come down on that particular issue, even though I'm not very educated on it. But I just think the the move by any ultras group, or not even ultras group, because you know we were just talking about some idiot ultras in Bulgaria. I'm not going to call them that. Any passionate supporters that make tifo for their club, I love it when that tifo speaks to nobody in the stadium. It speaks to people that are that are in other countries or far away or <laughs> half a world you know, away, other yeah. rivals. Half, a, I mean, that just think that is badass. So, <laughs> so awesome. plug to those supporters that do, did the free Tibet tifo at a at a French match in, in Lyon. So, <laughs> uh, I, I want to plug. You got a plug for us? Yeah, I want to plug my wife. She did a great job planning our vacation. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What, uh, Brian? You know, not I'm not going that route. We uh, she did a great job planning our vacation. Okay. She was a great co-pilot. Um, pulling up ways, let me know about traffic, slowdowns, and and stuff like that. Um, by the way, also a plug to ways. If you haven't used it on a big road trip, I recommend that you do. Let you know if cops are coming, as so you can drop your speed a little bit, um, and let everybody else get busted. Um, <laughs> if they're pulling people over that day. Um, but yeah, it it's it's pretty. It was a it was a long ride back. Um, 
we usually, for those of you uh, in Indianapolis area, we you have an option when you're heading down to, to where we go in Florida. Um, you either go through um, Louisville or you go through Cincinnati. And uh, I usually like going through through Cincinnati because it's pretty smooth. Once you get, especially, it's pretty smooth. Period. But uh, the but non plug to the construction traffic on seventy five, um, pretty much from Knoxville north, <laughs> and uh, and then on seventy four uh, when it's one lane, pretty much all the way from Cincinnati to Shelbyville. That kind of sucked as well. So uh, that that's <laughs> road traffic. I should have I should have followed the gut and sat in traffic and gone through Chattanooga up through Louisville and paid the and paid the toll. But once again, I'm cheap. So. <laughs> <laughs> so not plugged to me too. Not I guess. that cheap. You went on a big ship to the Bahamas, right? Yeah, it's our vacation. Come on, credit where it's due. And, um, let's let's put it this way: Disney uh, puts on a hell of a cruise. I had a great time. Uh, the whole family had a great time. Uh, so much so that we we already put our deposit down for another one. So um, nice twenty twenty one because I've got some big trips coming up next year. Um, so I'll be at PTO time. So twenty twenty one, looking at another cruise. Love it. Love it. All right, sir. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on the pod with me tonight and for letting me host again. H- had a great time and, and welcome back. Always great to talk Liverpool with you, bud. Oh, man, Brian. I, I couldn't be happier to talk with you as well. All right, man. Thank you. So, and thanks to all the listeners uh, for listening tonight. Uh, we appreciate it. So um, you can find us and all the other Indy Reds at in Union Jack Pub and Beautiful Broad Ripple, not just for the big match this Sunday against United, but for for all the matches, you can find us there. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter, on Facebook. Write us an iTunes review, review the pod, all the other different places you can find us. You'll get all that info about where you can reach out to us uh, in the show notes. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks a lot again, Joe, for having me on tonight. Jim, we miss you, bud. Zach, we'll have you on soon. All the other Indie Reds, love you guys and gals. And, um, you know, Jim, best of luck with your legal issues, and, and we're all thinking of you. This is Brian signing off for the Neo Reds podcast. Come on, you Reds. You'll never walk alone.